This is Authentic and Ambitious with Allison Crow. I'm Allison Crow, your host, and I'm an intuitive life and business coach helping authentic and ambitious women keep the soul and success in their life and work through deep coaching, savvy business strategy, and connected community. This podcast is here to help bring insight, awareness, and action to your authentic and ambitious life. Let's do this. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. How's your vibe going? Um, I am excited and ready for this new year, whatever it brings. Um, I am ready to put 2020 behind me and excited to move forward in my life, in my business, with my family, and with my clients. All right, you guys, today's episode is episode number 127, and we are talking about three phases of business. And these phases are not necessarily hard and fast rules, but one of the reasons that I share these and one of the reasons that I share them is so that you can determine your strategies and needs and so that you can have an idea of what really works in each phase because they are distinctly different. Now, I also want to acknowledge that there is a pre-phase of business for visioning, and then after we get to the third phase, there are certainly directions um, once a business is in an achievement and establishment phase that can be taken beyond that, but I'm going to stick today with these three core phases of business, and I have... Originally, this concept came out of me working for the real estate company. They had both agents and then offices that when we were in leadership, an office would be in either launch, growth, or achievement phase and have certain criteria. And then agents would be in launch, growth, or achievement phase. And so I've taken those three words. It's actually been really helpful to know what to anticipate in my own business um, for when I was in launch, growth, or achievement phase, and same for my clients. And so just having some understanding of these three different phases and where you might be and where you might be headed next can be super helpful. So the first thing is, uh, you know, before launch phase is this vision phase. So I'm just going to highlight this really quickly. The vision phase is, and I actually have a few clients that are in this, um, that are in soulful success. They're not, they're not really participating. They still have full-time jobs, but they think that someday they might like to start a business. Um, this vision phase, it's inspirational. You don't necessarily need to take action, but you're beginning to consider what's possible and what's desirable. And then the very first in-business phase is what I call launch phase. And launch is from zero to three years, sometimes a little longer, depending on if you're full-time or not. So some people literally launch their business, startup phase their business, and they're still working part-time. So if you're working part-time, this phase may last longer um, than if you are fully in. So I actually have a little chart here. You may or may not want to take notes, but launch zero to three years if you're going full time. I have written time on task. 
I know that a lot of people get into the launch phase. They're super excited. I see, I saw this in real estate businesses, and then I also see it in online businesses. And people are focusing on the wrong things. They're really excited about getting their website up and really excited about getting their business cards. At least when we were realtors, I haven't had a business card since I've been behind this computer. Um, it's real easy to get excited about all these things, but if you are in launch phase, what I need you to get excited about is getting clients. <laughs> so the elements of this launch phase are really about execution generating revenue. You may be doing lots of research and development, study and learning, but you have got to also implement. And the fastest way to grow and create income is to research, learn, implement, research, learn, implement, research, learn, implement. There is a lot of emotional excitement. There can be confusion because a lot of times you're like, how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And I remember as a real estate agent working with clients who were new, you know, sometimes they didn't even remember how to write a contract. Or they actually know how, but because of the excitement, because of the nervousness and anticipation, we forget. And one of the things I would always have them do is remind them that they actually know how and the best way for them to learn is go forward doing it. And so you're definitely learning on the job. And I want to caution those of you in the online business world, like we can take all these classes. I love the idea. I mean, I love learning. I still take classes. Um, I love learning, but it's real easy to get caught up in the learning phase without doing the doing. Um, it is important for you to both learn your service because you might be new at delivering your service. So let's say, for example, you're a new coach. Not only are you learning on the job and getting better and better at being a coach, but you're also learning sales. So you need to learn your service and decide to become a master of both your service and a master of selling. You've got lots of skills to acquire. There may be lots of um, many failures, right? You may have a harder time connecting. You may not be sure where to get clients, et cetera. One of the, one of the projects I take when I'm working with newer coaches, I take them on what I call the spiral challenge. Cause they always ask me like, how did you accelerate your business so fast? I had the luxury when I first started out as a coach is I, I was coaching in an office of 250 people. And part of that was that I was there to coach. I did not get paid until they made money. And so I did a lot of coaching for free. And in the early days, I am not necessarily, rec uh, not necessarily recommending this because it did create burnout. But I was doing 13 half-hour sessions a day usually for free. I would not get paid until much later in the process. And so, but what that did for me when I was doing 13, 30-minute coaching sessions a day, I was also teaching two to three classes a week. Um, what it did for me was it helped me develop my skills as a coach, Right. And so if you are brand new in launch phase and you are only delivering your service once a week, it's going to take you a lot longer to master 
your, your skills. If you are only having one connection or sales call a week, it's going to take you a lot longer to master your skills. Um, another part that I really want to bring to the table in launch phase that I do think is important, I think it's more important than your website. I think it's more important than your branding. I think in launch phase, a lot of people get really excited and I have seen people spend thousands of dollars on website and branding. And then after a year or two in the business, which in launch phase, you're discovering what works for you. You're learning the general rules of business and your service. And as you implement and as you practice, you begin to refine and tweak. And so sure enough, you begin the growth phase, which is the second phase. And you've just spent all this money on something that you don't really want to brand. Um, but I do think it is important to start your list or your database. I'm a very big, in real estate, in, in real estate, we used to just take people's names and put them in a list. And that is totally not cool now. You need permission-based marketing to email people. I am a big believer in the quality of your email list, not just the quantity. I have seen quantity. I know that it does a lot, but I actually have an unusually tiny but loyal list for as long as I've been in business. Um, I got jealous the other day. It was fun. I was watching James Clear. Y'all know I have this like secret obsession. Actually, it's a public obsession with James Clear and his content. And he was talking about the growth of his list and I just got all starry-eyed. And then I had to remember, like I had to remember that I've been in business just as long or longer and my list is way, way smaller, but my list is people who love and want to hear from me. So I do want to encourage you if you're in launch phase to start your list. Don't stay in steady land. <laughs> Definitely start by doing. You do not have to be perfect. You actually need to give yourself permission to learn on um, the job. And there's a lot of experts out there that discourage this is really hard in time of COVID, but they discourage trying to create your first clients online. I don't really have an opinion on that. I do think that when we're able to network and meet and have people experience us offline, or if you're online using video or face-to-face -face and voice-to-voice -voice conversations in real time, if you are just relying on your content, you're going to have a much harder time creating those connections to sell your service. Um, you want to, in launch phase, you want to get experience um, both getting clients, serving clients, managing, learning how you want to charge, etc. So that is the other like uh, logistical piece I want you to have as a launch um, as a launch business owner, a way to get paid. And uh, a couple little, you're like, it's okay to pay credit card fees. You are a business. That was a mentality I always had. And so find a way for, there's so many ways out there now. I think I've been with PayPal since the beginning of time. And so certainly PayPal is, people from all around the world can pay me directly. Um, it keeps tax records for me. And I'm sure some of the new places like Square do that. I have a lot of clients who actually use QuickBooks um, and they bill and charge through that. 
I just want you to have a place to get paid, right? And I want you to worry about those things. Not worry, but I want you to decide those things before you start running down the rabbit hole of branding and looks and all these other things. So that's the launch phase. I had a client, actually, the last thing I want to say about this the other day is that I had a client in launch phase who was considering starting to teach people how to run a business. And I don't ever want to discourage somebody from their dreams. And when people in launch phase are trying to teach other people how to do business without actually having achieved that, there is a lack of congruence that absolutely will affect your sales. And so we had a really good conversation. I really appreciated her owning up. I know that she's excited to teach some of these things someday. And I really want her to be in a strong growth phase before she begins teaching other people the business aspect, right? So I want her to absolutely have time on task and experience and significant success. She doesn't have to be a 30-year business member to start teaching other people. But in the, especially in the online world, we have a little bit of problem where people are teaching you how to do something and they don't know how to do it. Or they're teaching you how to master their money and they don't know how to master their money. So, um, or how, you know, how to get new clients and they are not really consistent at getting clients. Okay, so launch phase, zero to three years, if you're working full-time, time on task. Now, these phases are not incremental steps, and they're not hard line. They're just to give you some guidelines, right? And the guidelines can kind of be shift about where things are. Um, so in switching to the next phase, which is growth... During these phases, obviously, you're growing externally, you're growing internally. And one of the things that I see comes up for both myself and my clients in between phases or when you're really solid in one phase and you look up and you realize you're moving to the next phase, that there will be time growth, there will definitely be identity shifts and new fears that come up. So in the growth phase, I love growth phase. I love working with growth and achievement phase people. Um, Growth phase, I have written down three to seven years full-time. Sometimes that can take longer. Um, There are some days when I still feel in growth phase, and I've been in business for 17 years, and there are some times when I feel in achievement phase. It just depends on where I'm going. And like I said, these aren't linear, right? And so a couple of years ago, when I changed the way that I did business, so instead of doing all kinds of retreats and all kinds of high-level masterminds and a a large set of one-on-one clients, I decided to open up the Soulful Success membership. And for two years, that is the only thing I offered. And so, and it was a brand new offering. And so in many ways, even though I had developed skills and even though I knew how to sell, my service was brand new. My service was in launch phase. And so there was a lot of learning and time on task. That has definitely moved into growth and achievement phase. So growth phase is obviously about continuing to sell and master your service. Um, But this is a phase where you really, really begin to develop self-trust. 
there are times still when we can go through the feast and famine of getting clients. Uh, I, I don't know anybody, even the achievement phase, every once in a while they freak out and wonder how they're going to get their next client. But when you remember and you develop self-trust, you know, oh, this is what I do. Clients come, clients go, clients come, clients go. Part of you know, running your business is not just delivering your service, but getting those clients. So I call this system or this section growth session refinement. There is a lot of mindset and system implementation that comes on here. So one of the things that energizes us in launch phase is the newness of it. And a lot of people I know love to start things, especially a lot of small business owners. You are risk takers, right? By just the sheer nature of you starting your business, you're a risk taker. And risk takers love new shit, And they tend to get bogged down in the minutia. And so mindset is huge here. You have to be willing to refine things, to take a deeper look. Um, You are steadily growing your sales in growth. You are increasing your ability to actively create clients. You may begin to develop and refine both the type of client you want to work with and the um, the way that you brand yourself. So you refine your niche, so to speak. I don't really like that word, but you you begin to figure out who is your ideal client. And so, for example, in real estate, um, a lot of times as a brand new realtor, you'll work with anybody and everybody. And then, um, because you just want to get experience. So you may spend a lot of time helping somebody rent an apartment, which is absolutely a financial loss. There's not, there's not a lot of money in that, but there is just as much work as selling a house. Um, then you may also decide, you know, in real estate, there's all different kinds of specialties. So some people specialize in relocations and some people specialize in luxury homes and some people specialize in move up and some people specialize in downsize. And yes, you can help any client over any niche, but some people who end up doing really well do narrow things down. And for a long time, I really didn't understand the value of niching because I did work with so many people. I do have a very broad clientele, but I do have characteristics of clients. They're not their demographics. They're not their money, but they're more personality characteristics that I have really refined. And I work with people in usually growth and achievement phase. I still have some launch phase people, but my launch phase people know that I'm not necessarily their how-to person. They are the launch people that I work with remind me of me when I was in launch. Um, they were the kind of people. So when I was a brand new real estate, even before coaching, I put myself in the rooms with the high achievers. I did not put myself in the rooms with the other new agents. Um, if I was able to be in the room with the experienced agents, that is where I spent my time because I wanted to learn from people who were already doing it. I didn't want to be in the room with the other people who were brand new. So back to growth phase. Um, This is where you can really develop your brand. You know enough. You know, one of the things I tell clients when they're doing that spiral challenge, 
I forgot to tell you what the spiral challenge is. So the spiral challenge is to go down to your local grocery store and get one of those 88-page spiral notebooks like we had in elementary school. It doesn't even have to be college-ruled. And I encourage my clients and, and pretty much say, listen, if you will do this activity... And by the way, most people don't ever finish it. But if you will finish it, I guarantee you, you will fill your roster and meet your financial goals to get your business off the ground. And I have them, for every single piece of paper in the spiral, they draw a line down the middle of each page and they coach a client or they coach a person, even if it's not for free. And when I was a brand new coach, I coached for free all the time. About 75% of my sessions were free. And so when you're coaching on this piece of paper, on the left side, you take client notes. And then after the coaching call, on the right side, you take notes about what you did well, what you liked about that client, how what you could have done better, right? So you're doing some game review or self-assessment. And so in the growth phase, um, you you have gone through the process, right? You've coached more than 100 people. You've worked more than 50 clients as a realtor. You've you've had time on task so that you know what kind of people are a fit for you and your service and what kind of people aren't. And in the growth phase is where you begin to trust yourself enough to let people who are not congruent with your style, your personality, your skill, and... Um, your way of doing business that you let them go work with somebody else. I used to always use this example. Um, obviously, now that I work for myself, I have a little bit of a potty mouth. And every once in a while, this doesn't happen anymore, but every once in a while, I would get somebody sending an email that says, you know, you'd be really professional if you didn't use foul language so much. And I was like, professional, the definition of professional is making money and I make a lot of money. And it's okay if you don't like my cussing. Um, you know, I have a friend, so-and-so, that absolutely will never cuss, and maybe you'll be a better fit for her. And it wasn't meant to be mean, but it's like, I want my customers to be right aligned too. I want them to be right aligned for them, and I want them to be right aligned for me. And so I'm happy to refer you to somebody I love. There's enough business out there. And I guarantee you, if you're getting her emails or watching her lives or listening to her podcast, you will never, ever hear an F-bomb. And if that's what you need to feel safe and grow, then you are absolutely not right for my world because it will annoy you. So let's get you that other, you know, let's get you that other coach. And so you begin to give yourself standards for what works for you and your business. In the growth phase, cash flow begins to increase. You can begin to expand your creativity, right? So I remember my early days of coaching. I coached exactly like I was coached because I didn't know any better. <laughs> when I was a brand new coach, I was like, okay, how do I do this? Um, because I didn't get coach training until um, the end of my first year coaching, and so I didn't, I didn't know. I just did what my coach had done before me. Um, and so now, you know, all these years in the business, I have a very unique style going from uh, mystic to logistic, everything in between. I have a carpet bag full of modalities of coaching that I can use with people that um, some are very traditional and some are completely made up by me. And so as you go into the growth phase, you get to you get to expand your creativity. You can modify the models and make them truly your own. 
So for example, when I actually learned about the concept of three phases of business from my real estate company, none of this stuff was in it. It was all time on task and it was all numbers based. It was all revenue based or number of agents based or number of transactions. So you'll notice in the way that I do this and the way that I've modified this content to fit me and to fit my audience, that it's not just about numbers. It's actually more about the emotional, practical, tactical, and mindset stages. Um, in the growth phase, we can still be feast or famine. We can still be feast or famine because one of the things happen is when things start working, we tend to forget selling or we may spend our time serving our clients, but we don't have systems in place to support us while we're serving our clients. So this is where we need to shore up our offerings, our pricing, our list, and we need to begin to plan strategies for getting help so that either strategies for either getting help or strategies for supporting and marketing and selling in between serving your clients. It can be very easy in this growth phase to get stuck in the doing phase and to really create solid and sustainable success. Most growth people, as they begin to, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a slower walk. Um, the launch phase, at least for me, was like I was running Mach 10 with my hair on fire, learning as fast as I could because I had a financial, I had, I had to make my money. When I got divorced and became a real estate agent, I had been a teacher making $36,000 a year. And I was living in a much more expensive house that my husband's advertising exec salary paid for. And I said, however this turning out, I'm keeping these house and these dogs, the, the house and the dogs. And that meant I had to pay for it. And I was able to do that. So I, you know, and even as a business owner myself, I do have a husband and my husband is a retired teacher. Let me just say that again. He's a retired teacher and we don't pay teachers a whole lot in Texas. And so the way I live and the way I run my business requires, there is not an option for me to not make money. This is my business. This is my job. And it's been that way since day one. So in growth, um, we really take the time we can breathe a little bit because we know how to create clients. And now it's time to look up from that creating clients and go, how do I really want this to look? What is really working for me? What systems can I use to make this better? What's breaking in my business because I've been running so fast? Um, what is causing feast and famine, etc.? Growth phase can be a really long time. And one of the things that held me back and that holds many of my clients back is the fear of getting help. And I know I've had so many lessons about um, getting high level help. I had an, you know, in real estate, it was easy to get some high level help. At, at, there were certain phases of real estate that were easy for me, you know, to have people help me with contract to close and I could still service the clients. But as you guys know, a couple of years ago, those of you who've been listening for a while, a couple of years ago, my clients looked at me and said, Frank Sinatra doesn't move pianos. 
And it really hit me. It was like, oh, I'm doing a lot of things. Instead of showing up in my gifts, because I'm able, I do a lot of things behind the scenes. And this is a very much launch and growth. Because we can do these things, we do them ourselves. Or if we can't do them, they never get done in our business. And so in my growth phases, in the past, I had, I had hired admin help. And admin certainly helped me increase my energy and time, but it didn't also support and increase my clients. And so the first few times I tried it, I don't feel like I was really successful. I fail forward. I learned in growth phase. And then a couple of years ago, instead of hiring admin first, I actually hired high-level help in marketing and sales. And so, you know, it's easy to spend money, again, on the website, on branding. Um, I remember when I needed to rebrand my website, and in the past, I'd spent a lot of money having a custom website done. It was pretty, it was famous. Maybe it got me leads, maybe it didn't. But when I needed to change my brand, that actually came up, What you know, in growth phase, so I'm in growth phase, I go to put up another retreat and actually reword an existing sales page and something on my website broke. And at the time I had two staff members, um, contract staff members, and we spent three weeks, the three of us trying to fix this. And I finally just said, forget it. I'm completely redoing my website. And I did not hire somebody professional to do it because it was gonna cost a lot of money. Um, and so it was one of the things that I did for myself, but what I did decide to spend money on was having uncommonly more help me with my marketing plan and my writing and consistently showing up for the people that are already in my life. So it wasn't until I hired uncommonly more that my love list of clients and followers who are on my list at allisoncrow.com got content from me every single week because I wanted to be able to give them something via email when I wasn't selling. And then the other thing is that ever since I hired Uncommonly More, I've been extremely consistent with the podcast. So I have not missed a week since I hired them. And I remember one day my dad was in the hospital, I think, or my, my dad was sick or something. And I, in my brain, my brain was in the early phases of growth thinking, oh, if I don't create some content, I'm not going to get any clients. If I don't do this, oh, I need to be thinking about what am I going to share online? I've got to keep the machine going. I've got to keep nurturing my audience. And I looked at my phone and my marketing plan which we do ahead of time, my marketing plan, which had been decided the month before, dropped a post. I didn't have to do it in real time. We had worked and executed and created a plan. And I remember that was the first time I really got what the systems and structures of the growth phase could do for me. Growth wasn't just about money. It was also about allowing those systems and structures to help me be sustainable and steady. Okay, 
You're ready to go to the next phase, achievement phase. The achievement phase are my mastermind members. So I have a lot of achievement phase business owners in Soulful Success. Um, they use it like a gym membership, um, very big in the community, happy to help other people, still love to be tapped in and tuned in with other business owners. But I, my um, Spark and Hustle Mastermind is, there is a, a financial level And these are people who are actually full-time in their zone of genius, and they have staff and support around them. Or if they don't have staff, they're not doing things in their business that don't require staff. So achievement level, Um, I say seven to eight years plus. Many of my clients have been in business for 30 years. Um, Many of my clients have had different incarnations of their business. So achievement phase, I call this zone of genius and mastery phase. And where it can lead to is it can lead to new visions, it can lead to altruism, it can lead to scaling and selling if that's something you want to do. Um, But achievement phase is you have reliable income. I remember when my husband and I were buying the house that we live in now and we were having lots of discussions about how we wanted to finance it and what we wanted to do and what our price range would be. And my husband said something to me about, yeah, but you got to have a sustainable business. And I just looked at him and I said, 17 years, motherfucker. I think it's sustainable. And his brain, you know, his brain as a um, employee of the school districts, he gets a check every single last working day of the month. And it it doesn't compute in his brain because I get different amounts of money every single day. So it was kind of funny, a wake-up call for both of us. It's like, no, this is sustainable. It's always worked. I don't worry about it not working anymore at all. Um, You have systems and structure in place. You have high-level help. You have implementers. You have people who, so I do not edit this podcast. I don't know anything about editing this podcast, but I have a professional who does that. She is a professional sound person. I have professional writers on my team. I have professional marketing planners. And what I love about my marketing plan is that, yes, I can think about it and do it, but it exhausts me. And so when Stacy and Callie work on my stuff and bring it to me, and then we co-create the final product... It feels really, really good. Um, you actually have established credibility skills-wise and results-wise with your clients at this phase. You probably have a loyal list and referrals come in regularly. Thank you to those of you who sent referrals. I got one last week. She said, I'm bringing one of my best friends to your workshop. So you are at a place where you definitely can own and are living in your credibility because of your time on task, because of your mastery. It can get boring. (laughs) For those of you who need stimulation, it can be boring. And there's a place in growth where I notice that a lot of people get to mindset-wise in in the growth phase. So, So yes, I'm kind of sliding back and forth here. But in the growth phase, you know, in this feast or famine, every once in a while, things will be going really well and we may sabotage it because we're used to solving problems. And it, you know, our, our muscle memory and our emotions and our mindset get used to the drama. And so we can accidentally create drama in the growth phase of our business. Well, in achievement phase, we have grown into the wisdom to trust the boredom 
and learn how to really self-reflect and reflect with your team. Is the boredom something in the business that needs to change? Do we need to continue with the boredom or do we need to find a project outside of the business so that we don't burn it all down? A lot of times when things are working, people who have gone through launch and growth phase aren't used to the successful phase of things really be working. This can also be a time when people reinvent. So I tend to do this. I get to achievement phase. I get a little bored and I think, how can I reinvent? And part of that is because I have the time to slow down and reflect. And so this year was really fun. It was different. I did. I remember having a conversation with my coach. I was like, I'm bored, but I don't want to burn anything down. I love what I've created. And so I decided to take on a book writing project, and that has certainly cured my boredom. And then the only change we're really making was changing the name of the podcast. So I didn't have to completely rebrand my business. I didn't have to restructure my offerings. I love the three offerings that I have with all my heart. I still very feel very engaged and um, am loving them. And so it was like, no, I just needed to make a tweak in my personal life about writing the book. And then, yeah, let's um, refine the language for the podcast. And that's one of the reasons we changed the name to Authentic and Ambitious this year. So we can, um, as we begin to grow, we can also have some fears of losing personal touch with our clients. And so especially as we pass things off, there are certain things when I work with Amber, who's my integrator in my business, and she um, is definitely in charge of customer service. And sometimes like she has to peel things out of my hand because it's her job and I still want things to be really personal and I want some emails to come from me. And so I'm learning how to really let Amber help and trust that it's okay, that it is still personal. And Amber knows how to be personal with my clients and that I'm not the only one who has to hold it. Um, You may have a larger audience and a larger reach. You may not. You may still be very boutique, but you may, you know, you've been around for a while. So you're known in the industry. You're known in your, by your colleagues and peers, and you're certainly known, but you can still have completely people who are new to you and your business. Another element of the achievement phase is really the hiring delegation and of building and managing a team. And managing a team is a skill that I am still working on. I used to say um, when I was in growth phase, I was like, I don't want a team. I want a coach. And I had had a girlfriend who decided to scale her business really fast. And she got this big, big team. And then she looked at me and she said, I'm not coaching anymore. All I'm doing is managing a team. And I didn't want to be a manager. And then I had another client once that has always had a team. And I loved her experience because she came from the corporate world where that's what she did. So it was no big deal to her. And she was like, Allison, you're a coach. Just coach your team. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. So um, that is one of the key skills. And I I want to, um, I love listening to Brene Brown's Dare to Lead podcast around this and and learning leadership. And so as I grow my team, and right now I have four people, uh, five, including my accountant, um, I mean, my bookkeeper. And as, you know, 
I'm still learning, <laughs> right? I'm still learning. And so I, I am actually actively studying how to be a better manager of this team, not just Frank Sinatra, right? Like, wouldn't it be nice if I just came in, but I still have a responsibility to lead my team. I'm still, just because I have high level help doesn't mean they push me around. I'm still the leader of this team. And that takes effort, that takes emotional energy, and that takes me being willing to disappoint people. So I'm learning clear as kind. Um, and I'm really studying my own leadership so that I can become a better manager, delegator, um, and leader of my own team. Um, so the last few things about the achievement phase, systems and tools may upgrade. You may absolutely upgrade systems and tools. Um, probably sometime in the next year, now that things are really steady, um, now I will probably go back into spending time and energy on the brand in the future. Um, but I decided the last four years were things like if I was going to spend money in the business, I wanted to spend it on things that I knew would create more clients. And then I would, the rest would, um, the rest would wait, frankly. So you upgrade your systems and tools. You certainly can earn more. And I know that this last year for me, really mastering having high level help, really mastering my systems and structures, really mastering boredom, I have both earned more revenue in 2020, I have spent more money and I have netted more revenue. So my net is also higher, not just my uh, gross. This is one of the things, y'all, that drives me nuts out there in the world is everybody's talking about how much money they make, but nobody talks about how much it's they had to spend to make it. And so I do spend a significant amount of money in my business, but my, um, my profit first is the way that I do it. I don't do it full on the way they do it, but the way that I do my profit first is working for me. My debt is down. My income is up. My team expenses are up. My coaching expenses are up and my coaching income is way, way up. My personal living is, my personal living expenses are really watched and we don't live in excess. I have money in the bank extra to pay my taxes. Um, and so it's been really fun to see, to look back on 2020 and go what worked. It's like, oh, I worked 10, 15 hours a week. Because my systems and leverage did the rest, so I was able to really manage energy, and I was really able to allow the systems and structures of my business, plus my credibility and my longevity in the business, this is what they mean by earning more working less, and when I did when I do work, I work. When I do work, I am 100% off for my clients. I am 100% on for my clients. I'm 100% on as I'm recording this podcast for you. And so the place to go beyond this, you know, there are certainly places that I could go in my own business, and a lot of people do. And I haven't decided what I wanted. For, so for me, it's not about just because I can grow bigger, I want to. I would like to serve more people. I look forward to having a few more members in my mastermind, um, Spark and Hustle, in the spring. I love growing the Solely membership and that community. It is 
It is just a part of my heart and I love those people in there and I love the way they interact with each other. And the favorite time of my week is Mondays and Thursdays when I am coaching with them. And there are all sorts of opportunities beyond this achievement phase, in this achievement phase, about where I could take my business. If I wanted to, would I want to bring on other coaches? Would I want to bring on more staff? Would I really want to um, expand uh, numbers wise? You know, if I had a, if I wanted to do a whole advertising thing and reach all kinds of new people, if I wanted to create an actual corporation that maybe I would sell down the road. I know, for example, um, there's that life coach, Brooke Castillo, and Brooke Castillo has built like a $25 million, probably even more than that coaching business. And she has a lot of, um, she has a lot of coaches that work for her. So she's really scaled and gone to this super large place. I don't know if that feels attractive to me. It doesn't really feel attractive to me. Um, I used to work in a coaching organization that, you know, had a CFO, a CEO, a COO. It, you know, it had 10 people on leadership and then it had 75 coaches um, that were working and doing and they did, you know, multi-gazillion dollar events every year. I, that's not really something I want to do. I like simple life. I like space. And so... The other thing, actually, what I want to be doing as I grow is I really want to bring, be nurturing my staff to help them reach their dreams. I want to nurture my clients to help their dreams. I want to be able to give more money back and time and space um, to my community and to the things that I believe about, the, that I believe in. And so, you know, when you get to this place of achievement and you, begin to reflect on where do I want to go from here, you don't have to automatically 10x things. You don't automatically have to scale in the way the world tells you that you should. I think it's really important time as a leader to check in and say what's working, what's not working, what energizes you, what can you really let go of and let your team do? What do you want for your personal life? What do you want for your family? What do you want for your finances? And so I leave you with that because what comes after or what does this achievement phase develop into? I'm watching two of my achievement phase members, actually three of them right now, four of them, four of five achievement phase members have multiple businesses. One of them has three businesses. One of them has two businesses. The other one has two, actually she has three businesses. <laughs> Separate business entities, you guys, right? And so they end up doing all these things. And, and um, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I have another client that had two businesses. And as of the end of this year, she will have sold off one of those businesses. She is um, dissolving that partnership and selling her portion of the business so that she can do the one thing that she loves, and so those are some of the things that we work on in achievement, not just, not just the how to do that, but the, the inner work of, okay, I've actually gotten to a really high level of success. What do I want the next season of my life and my work to look like? So I know that was kind of long. I know that was kind of um, thick, 
I have had my team asking me to do this podcast for you, mostly because it helps. And it reminded me the other day when my client, who is in launch phase and was asking a couple of questions, it reminded me how helpful it can be because when she reminded me that she had really only been full-time in the business a year, and before that, the two years were barely part-time, It gave her so much permission to be where she was because sometimes she was comparing herself to other strong growth level people and she was wondering what was wrong with her and she was considering envisioning some of the things that really she doesn't need to be thinking about yet. What she needs to be thinking and mastering is filling her one-on-one and her regular sales, growing her audience, sales and service, sales and service time on task. And it's real easy when you're not meeting your base to think about all these other things that you could do. And so it gave her permission to be back in launch phase, to be excited about being in launch phase and to shake her little booty in launch phase so that she can get to growth and then refine. So with that, I want to thank you for spending time with me. I will see you next week. Peace out, y'all. Hey, I want to take this opportunity to invite you to become my client and join me in my online coaching membership, Soulful Success. We call each other Soulies. In the Soulies community, we have live life and business coaching sessions with me. We have one live session and one business coaching session every single week. There is a fantastic cohort of other business owners from all areas of life. Most are growth and achievement level business owners. And we would like to encourage you to become a member today at www.coachwithallison.com. We have a very reasonable monthly membership fee. There are no long-term commitments. And the reason that I price this so low is so that you as a business owner can leverage cash flow. This way you can invest in high-end coaching and community and have cash flow left over to hire people to implement things in your business that you may not be a genius at. I know this is one of the things that has really helped me leverage and grow. And I want to invite you to do the same. Become a member of our community, get live life and business coaching from me. And let's do this. Coachwithallison.com. The doors are open right now and we would love to have you. Thanks for listening to Authentic and Ambitious. You can find out more and connect with me at allisoncrow.com. The show is sponsored by my three rescue dogs, Leroy Brown, Clementine, and Rocky Potato. They're here to remind you to consider adoption the next time you're looking for a pet. Special thanks to Stacey Harris and Callie Orr with Uncommonly More and Elise Rich for making the production and promotion of this podcast possible and professional. Until next time, be your authentic and ambitious self. The world needs you.